Hello, this is the Great White Ape coming to you for the first time on whatever this is called, whatever platform I've stumbled onto. I wanted to start off by myself. I'm going to have guests in the future. I'm not going to give you a hint about what these guests are going to be, but maybe you'll get a hint based on what I'm about to say. Um, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash hail heiress in praise Bob, hail heiress, E-R-I-S, the letter N, praise Bob, all one string of letters and words. Okay, so if you go there, you're going to notice that I talk a little bit, at least, about the alt-right, and I have certain thoughts on ethno-nationalism and um, sort of the consciousness of the people that are in that movement that I'd like to discuss. Uh, first of all, um, if you haven't checked out a man by the name of Julius Avola. That's something I would highly recommend because Avola is sort of the uh, he's the literary backing behind a lot of these guys. He, he considered himself a tr traditionalist. Um, he lived in the 30s and 40s so he, you know, he saw fascism in Italy and Nazism in Germany and he identified or he liked uh, Mussolini's fascism much more than Hitler's conception of race just kind of based on your skin color if you're Aryan or not the whole measuring of the skulls and um, you know, looking at your physical characteristics to see if you were Aryan or, you know, we'd say based enough. Mussolini's fascism and Evola's idea of an Aryan, sort of an ubermensch in Nietzschean terms, is based uh, solely on, on your spirit. So... Like Avola said, you can be a Jew with an Aryan soul, or you can be a, you know, person of Nordic descent with a, with a Semitic, Semitic soul, and you know he uses those terms as sort of, you know, polars, you know, good and evil, Aryan and Semitic. And so he thought anyone of any race could be just as uh, much of an ubermensch as the next person, the next race, um, and had everything to do with your soul. And, you know, Hitler being, what, a, a quarter Jewish, half Jewish, you know, he might have, he might have wanted to sort of uh, cash in on that too but anyways 
the alt-right today uh, is not the alt-right of uh, 2016-2015. You know, time is speeding up so fast. I don't know if you ever dropped one of those quarters in those uh, those big pits where you, you drop a quarter into it and then it goes around and around and around and every time it goes around the the spiral the circle gets smaller and that's kind of what's happening right now with uh our with our movements our social even technological movements i mean especially social movements though as it every it used to be every um century things would get you know would double in their uh in their progress or in their uh you know just just what they've accomplished and you know then it would take a decade for things to be completely different then it's you know a couple of years fads everything has changed now it seems like you know, within six months to a year, everything is different. So, between 2016 to 2018, certain movements are dead, or they're so so much altered that that you can't really talk about them in the same way. You have to you have to uh, update the way that you talk about them. So the alt-right right now is, you know, in 16, 2016, it clinged to ethno-nationalism and um, sort of this aesthetic of vaporwave. Vapor and, you know, it had, a, it had a significant following. I mean, a lot of it was anonymous, you know, because these crazy... Uh, Antifa leftist would would find out who you were you know apparently there are there are hackers and, and computer people on the left and they would figure out who you were based on your profile they would dox you you'd lose your job all that stuff just based on some trolling that you did on the internet and What's happening now is that, you know, the alt-right sort of had its win in a way. So Trump Trump won. The alt-right felt victorious in a way. Um, but now that he's in office, it's not really countercultural to, um, to be for Trump. During the election, it was you were on the counterculture if you were if you were for Trump, but now it seems like, you know, you're just sort of part of, you know, part of the, part of the system again, and that was the whole reason that a lot of people got into the alt-right to begin with, was because they wanted to get away from the, from the Obama hysteria and the Obama, uh, you know, safe culture so, you know, a lot of people on the quote-unquote alt-right, 
now are disappointed with some of the some of the moves he's made. You know, he hasn't exactly come through with the with the wall in the way that a lot of people wanted to. Um, you know, I think some people had the idea that that an ethno state was going to be born after he, you know, was christened uh, overlord of the the uh, Euro uh, state of America. But nevertheless, um, he he has done a lot of things, you know, that the alt right has called for. They just, you know, they need, and I didn't consider myself part of the alt-right. I was kind of one who was sitting back, you know, in the back rows, just kind of watching the, watching the mayhem go down. And I remember when Trump won, I was laying in bed with my girlfriend at the time, you know, my then-girlfriend, and she, you know, she kind of woke me up. You know, it was a little late at night when they, you know, actually found out that he won. She kind of nudged me and said, she said, oh, my God, Trump Trump won. And I was just kind of like, oh, oh, you know, because I, you know, secretly I wanted to see these. I was living in Austin, Texas. You know, secretly I wanted to see these crybabies cry. So I was, I, you know, I was from indifferent to happy, I, I would say. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the things that he's done have been questionable. You know, I think a big part of what's wrong with the system right now is that it's it's become a uh, corporatocracy if that's the the term that the the second zeitgeist movie used is corporatocracy where you have corporate interests that are influencing legislative uh, actions so Trump here comes this billionaire right and you know he appeals to he's a populist he appeals to the the uh flyover states and you know the old those old people come out and vote even though he didn't i guess he didn't win the popular vote as they say he won the electoral uh college but anyways you know he came out on the heels of Black Lives Matter, SJWs, Antifa, all this stuff. And it was just the perfect moment for him to just step into the limelight and say, you know, here I am. I am your, the symbol for your, your grief or your anger towards all this stuff because so many... Uh, straight white guys and straight white girls and people from across the board were getting pissed off with this. They didn't want it. So he was their symbol 
at the time, right? So, of course, people voted for him. Those people that were sick of Antifa, sick of BLM, sick of, uh, you know, cities being burned down and destroyed and looted, you know? He looked like a guy that was going to bring order. That was what he uh, preached was order. Making the country great again and not in a shambles. Um, so, you know, I didn't vote. I've never voted, actually. I used to be for Obama when he was... Because I lived in a rural region when Obama was uh, was gaining popularity. And it was the countercultural move. Everyone wanted McCain to win... So it was the countercultural move to say, I want Obama to win. And so I was pro Obama. I wasn't necessarily, I mean, I wasn't political at all. I didn't know anything about politics. I, you know, I've had, I have had discussions with my parents, you know, espousing the, um, the virtues of socialism. I remember very clearly one night with my mom outside talking about socialism and how it's good. And I am almost 30 years old now, and I'm in, I mean, you know, I was a kid, but I'm still embarrassed for those times because, you know, I didn't know any better, right? No one had really, had really, uh, explained to me political things. I hadn't read a lot of political th- political things. So, you know, that happens to a lot of people. You start off sort of leftist in the leftist camp. Because, for me, in my case, it was because I was like, well, you know, why, why do we have to work for someone else in this indirect way? You know, why can't it be sort of a feudal system where we're just, we make our own crops that we eat, you know, and of course there's, <laughs> there's problems with the kingship and all that, but I'm talking about in the way that we live off the land, we grow our own, our own food, uh, you know, I would be much happier I moved from Austin, Texas a few months ago I'm back in a uh, semi-rural area. It's a it's a suburb of a rural uh, area. So we live in a in a pretty nice suburb, but you know there's dirt roads and four wheelers and rednecks just just beyond the uh, where the eye can see. So you know at this point. You know, I live somewhere where everyone waves to each other when they're driving by because everyone knows each other. So I would love to live in a place where, you know, you you might uh, bike or, you know, make your motorcycle or something and, and... get around, go to town and stuff and have people that, that run businesses and you just have 
a town where everyone does what sort of they're called to do. Um, you know, the farmers make the vegetables and the crops and then they barter for gasoline or, you know, moonshine, whatever, whatever it is. And we're, um, we are, uh, our, our laws come from the local township, right? We don't have a federal, uh, government telling us what we can and can't do. Now, I mean, this brings up a whole new can of worms. I live in the South, the Deep South, the cultural Deep South, I guess you'd say. And um, I firmly believe that the Civil War was a war of Northern aggression. If you read um, some of the state's uh, writings and um, declarations that they sent to the Union declaring their secession before the Civil War, you'll see that, that you know, that some of them do mention slavery because the reason that slavery was such a big deal was because the North was... Um, had the factories and was industrial. They had the ability to have these machines do the work for them. Okay, they were the fat cats that sat around and made money off of the produce that the South was making. Because in the South, the land is perfect. You know, the climate and everything is perfect for crops. And America, as it had been before the Civil War, had brought slaves to every colony. I mean, that it wasn't it wasn't that they only brought them to the South. They brought them to every colony. But the North had the resources and the the climate to be able to make factories, making slavery obsolete. And uh, Abraham Lincoln was by no means an abolitionist. So I, I believe that if the uh, Americans were right in 1776, the, uh, the Southerners were right in 1863, right? So that was... That you know, I'll get off this rant in in a second, but you know, there's so many people that believe that that flag represents represents to them slavery, and I'm here to tell you, you need to pick up, you need to hear some contrary opinions, right? They they will mention slavery. Some of them will, but that's that's. The point is being missed when you just target that word slavery. The North could not have slavery. It, I mean, the North did not have the need for it. And they were, they were gaining the, um, the fruits of that labor being all one country. And the South resented the fact 
that uh, they were making all this, you know, the South was more, uh, was more industrious, made more, uh, made more uh, produce and uh, more money, basically, than, than the North did. And the North was basically siphoning up um, a big portion of that. And so the South said, no, we're the ones who are, you know. And, of course, the, the white people of the South didn't just sit back with their glass of tea and watch them, you know, watch the black people pick for them. I mean, the South, the, the, the white Southern people were hard working. They, they utilized slaves that, <laughs> that had been brought to America, you know, before the North and the South ever had the discrepancy. And uh, the South were very hard working. They wanted the rights to their own. It wasn't just that they wanted the South and then the North. They wanted the Southern states as states to be independent. And that's what I'd like to see just in general, just in politics, is is the, the uh, little towns, these rural areas being able to to be run by their own um people and not this giant global corporate uh entity that that makes rules and makes uh decisions that affect the little guy i mean literally the 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 people in small towns small poor towns um, you know, they don't give a flying shit about, about our people. And I think that's the real issue that we face. I think the, the racial diversion, you know, the racial, uh, division is a diversion from what really needs to be addressed, which is, you know, how much money are we sending Israel for foreign aid? How much money are we using to um, embolden terrorist organizations or even even be in the uh, in the business of these co- these countries' lives? The United States should not be the world police. I just there's no reason for it. You, it's it's hard to name another uh, developed country who has declared themselves such um, such distinct uh, ru- rulers almost and uh, and heads of other governments. I mean, America comes in, destroys a a country's infrastructure, gets what it wants from it. We get the oil from Iraq. We get the uh, 
opium from the pot, you know, the poppy fields in Afghanistan. You know, we we take their resources just blindly, uh, flat out take their resources under the guise of bringing freedom and democracy. That's all bullshit, and the corporate interest that fund this are the ones that are pushing the legislation that push these soldiers out into the war. So we're having we're having uh tens of thousands of soldiers being killed for big pharma, for big oil, you know? So that's my contention with those things in a nutshell. Um Next time I'm gonna have, I'm gonna try to have a guest on here with you guys. Um, but before we end this, I just want to, I just want to recommend some resources. There's a book called The South Was Right. And that title, that title may just be like I'm not getting it. But if you just look at another perspective. Right. If you're open to a different perspective, get a book. You don't. You you know. If you don't want to buy it at the bookstore where the guy or girl can see you, you can buy it on Amazon. The South was right. Okay. And it just kind of runs through the Civil War from the point of view of the South. And if you want something a little. A little uh, more, uh, maybe to your taste. There's a book written by a very well-spoken African American man named Thomas Sowell, and he's written several books. He's he's extremely smart. If you ever look up Thomas S O W E L L, he has written several books. The the one I've read is called. Um, is called uh, White Liberals and Black Rednecks. Okay. Black Liberals and White Rednecks. And that, coming from a, a African-American point of view, I mean, what I'm saying about the Civil War, about um, slavery and the issue of Black Lives Matter and all this, you know, this is all stuff that's been said by several members of um, the African-American community. So check out those resources. Um, I'm in the process of writing a, a, a book, or, you know, at this point it's an e-book. Um, it's going to be a biography. It's going to be a series of biographies on eccentric people throughout the 19th and 20th century so we're gonna have you know innovators architects you know writers artists all the people that sort of broke the mold in um in society and also you know, might have had some some quirks in their 
in their personal lives. So when I get that going, I'm going to put the link or however I bring it together. I'm going to let you guys know. But, uh, yeah, check out those resources and remember to watch out for the Great White Ape. Search me on, uh, on YouTube. You can just type in Great White Ape or YouTube.com slash Hail Harris and Praise Bob. All right. See you guys later.